All right. Welcome back to the Sisters in Zion podcast. I'm Kirsten Kirschbaum coming to you here from Hawaii. I'm so grateful to be here with my best friend, Danielle Daniel. Hello. Hi, sorry, I have to find the unmute button. Hi, everybody. Yes. Be on with you at the Sisters in Zion podcast. Yeah. So we, I mean, as you listen to podcasts, you may not really know that we have taken a break and now we're back. If you were following us before, you know, you're probably maybe wondered what happened to that podcast. So what happened is we just took some time off to do some other things and it is the year 2020. So as everybody knows, the year 2020 has just been a completely shifted year, a year where we've all had to pivot in some way, shape or form. Some of us a lot more than others. Some of us, um, it's really been the hardest year of our lives. And we want to just pause and acknowledge that for everyone and, and share in grieving and condolences for you and your family and your loved ones who may have lost someone this year. Um, as we talk today, we, we don't want to skip over the pain, the very real pain and acknowledging um, how hard this has been. And at the same time, mostly what we want to share today is about the deepening and strengthening of our relationship with Jesus Christ. And I just can't help but to have just the biggest smile on my face as I consider that because I think, wow, I thought I was close to him before, <laughs> but there just has been layers upon layers upon layers of things just stripped away from our lives, right? And so there he is. The, the phrase, an eye single to the glory of God has been in my mind so clearly lately. Like just like, cause I've had conversations with, you know, with you, Danielle, with many people like, well, gosh, it feels like if I even take my eyes off of the savior for a second today, like in 2020, like I get lost, I get frustrated, I get mad. I, I pay attention to what's going on in the news or I pay attention to what's not going on at church or whatever it is. Like I'm trying, our brains are trying to make sense of our world. Right. And, it, and for some of us, we're like, okay, I, I'm adaptable. I've got adaptive. I can do it. You know, whatever. That's a strength that I have, but for others, it, it's not right. And, and I find that my days are layered with the highs and the lows, the ins and the outs. And, and what I feel is really prevalent is it's the ins and the outs of my relationship with my savior. And if I take my eyes off, it's like eyes on the prize, Kirsten, you know, eyes on the prize. If I take my eyes off, I, I get lost. And, and sometimes, you, you know, you feel like you got to take your eyes off. You know, I've got five kids. I'm running two businesses. I've got a husband and like, I've got like a, a life. I want to pay attention to my friends and my associates. I want to be a part of the culture of, you know, my community. And there's a lot of new mandates and laws and things that I have to decide. Oh, do I agree with that? Do I not agree with that? You know, I mean, there's just a lot of conversations, right? Yeah, I was going to say the phrase that has come to me a lot has been, and the whole world will be in commotion. 
And what was interesting is how you were talking about keeping our eye on the Savior because the whole world will be in commotion. There are so many opinions and there are so many um, contradicting, contradicting narratives. I mean, there's just so much. It's so chaotic. Like, you don't know what's true anymore. You don't know what to believe. And what better time for us to really focus on hearing him and I was thinking about, you know, for a while, you know, when the prophet has been really teaching us to hear him and like exhorting us, hear him, like it is so important. And I'll tell you my first thought when I was like, wow, this is like, okay, this is like for real. I mean, obviously we've always needed to hear him, but I had the thought, well, you know what? I wonder if one time that our internet and we won't have opportunity to stream anything. That's kind of what I thought. And of course, well, that actually still might happen, but I thought, wow, we do need to hear him if we're not going to be able to stream, you know, anything to help us, you know, uh, decipher anything. Well, then this week, what happened was I was, you know, of course, watching the news and kind of getting caught up on a few things here and there. And I was just baffled and how, like I said, contradictory everything was. And it was, and I got the phrase that said, and the whole world will be in commotion, which made me realize that is a whole nother layer of why we have to hear him because you really can't put your trust into what you hear elsewhere at all. And, and hearing him is a talent. It's a gift. It's an exercise. I, I, I sometimes think I hear him and I'll do what I think. And then I'm like, well, that didn't seem right, but okay, keep trying. And then sometimes I'm like, wow, I didn't even realize what I was realize I was hearing him. And I do something and I'm like, wow, you, I didn't even know I was hearing you. I thought I was, you know, not in tuned or something and things just pan out. And it just makes me realize with all of it, we're just, we're doing our best, but we are in his hands. We're completely. Yes. But that's the faith. It's one thing just to say, oh, I'm in his hands. But the second part of that is the faith going, I don't have to take on the stress and anxiety, the, the commotion, because I know I'm in his hands. If you take it on emotionally, then we're not exercising the faith. And it's a navigation. I don't say, oh, just don't do it. I had a major experience this week, which um, I guess I can you know share in just a minute too. But it was where, um, well, I'll just go into it if that's okay. I sold my place um, here this year. It had a lot of changes for me. I wasn't planning on selling my place yet, but the market spiked. And so I sold it for high end. And, and within that I've had to find places to live. Um, well, my new place isn't ready for me. And all of a sudden I found myself, I don't have a place to live because my, the place I've been staying at here in San Diego, um, they have renters coming in. And so I was like, I had like, I have like a week. And a week and a half that I have to find a place to live. And I have been, okay, I know I'm in God's hands. I know it. But then I would get like, oh, I start stressing. And I start looking at like Airbnbs. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. I'm like being so nervous and needing myself emotionality in, you know, rising. And then I'd go, wait a minute. If I'm in his hands, that means he's preparing it. I don't have to stress. And so um, the other night, I mean, I had been looking for quite a few days in a row and just nothing was panning out because I also have two cats on everybody receives pets. It says like 2000, you know, homes available in your area. And then you go, you know, click the button that says allow pets. And it's like, here's 42. <laughs> I'm like, dang it. So one night I went to bed and I was in the stress mode versus the, you know, I know he's got me. And I kept saying, I'm so excited to see what you have in store for me. 
but then I would go stress about it, you know? So then I, that night I went to bed and I said, all right, I'm in your hands. I have no idea. I have searched high and low on VRBO, Airbnb, you know, the internet. And I just don't know. And I went to bed and I said, I'm in your hands. And I just kind of left it at that trying to, again, exercise that level of faith. Um, and the morning I woke up, I just decided to get on the app of Airbnb again. And lo and behold, something appeared that I hadn't seen before. I don't know if it had just become available or I, I don't know what, but anyway, ended up being in my same neighborhood with everything that I'd wanted and me and, you know, my cats, they approved us to go in and I'm like, yes. So yay. yay I didn't news. even know this. No, I haven't <laughs> even talked to you. I know. I know. I gotta, I gotta say something. Yay. Yeah. So anyway, just that, uh, I just kind of wanted to give you my experience with exercising faith that we are in his hands, but you could see even with my few days of it, it was like, yes, I am. And I'd be fine. And then I'd go into like, uh, and then I go, no, 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 I'm fine. It was like constant reminder. It's a good practice. It's, it's the story of Peter in the water when he steps out of the boat. I, that story has never been so prominent and made so much sense. I feel like this year, that's what's been so exciting to me, is that the scriptures are coming alive. And in fact, I had this funny conversation with a friend the other day and you know, those of us who were raised in the church, right? Um, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I know there's lots of people on here. Some may not know. Uh, it's been a while. <laughs> so that's the church we were raised in. And <clears throat> we were always told that the Book of Mormon was written for our day, right? Oh, it's written for our day. It's written for our day. And, and we were kind of joking around. I'm like, that never made sense to me until 2020. I'm like, no, nah, it wasn't really made for 1985. It was made for 2020. Okay. Like every single thing in 2020. In fact, I was just reading, we're in ether right now. Right. Or we were just kind of like finishing up ether. And it's like, I just open it up and I'm like, oh, is, am I watching the news right now? Like, is this actually, there's two parties, there's like this big fight in between them. And there's like, you know, the government is all tumultuous and all this stuff, you know, and that's not to say that the government hasn't been tumultuous before, but I just probably wasn't paying attention to it. I don't know. I, it's just, like I said, the Lord has stripped so many things away from us that we were paying attention to and being busy with, you know, and now it's just like, Hey, focus on me. And this is what's going on. The scriptures are your actual, are your manual. You know, if, if you want to read the instruction manual, read the Book of Mormon, read those scriptures. Well, and it was study deeper. Oh, sorry. It was President Hinckley that said the Book of Mormon is, is as current as the daily news and that you can get more out of reading the Book of Mormon than watching the news. So it's wow. it, and it's so true, especially like you just said in Ether. I mean, Moroni even says like these things shall be in your day, Gentiles not just saying they could be, or they, you know, saying they shall be, they will be, he says, they will be in our day. All of these things that are happened with um, the Jaredites. Wow. That's so true. Um, I had a thought, actually, I wanted to go back a little bit. Um, I want to go back to March of this year. And that's kind of where we left off, right? You and I, Danielle, like, not in our friendship or anything, but in this podcast, in recording our conversations to draw closer to Christ, right? I wanted to share something that my husband and I did 
you know, when I first heard about this pandemic, the coronavirus, all that kind of stuff, I'm just a, I'm a very positive person. I'm a very logical person. I'm a very like, like even in emergency situations, like anything like that, you'll find me, I just go straight, even kill, like even kill what is the most logical, calm thing I can do. And that borderlines denial a little bit. It does. Cause, cause what's interesting is as I, more news came out, more news came out. I seriously was like, you guys, this is going to last two weeks. Don't freak out. This is not going to be a big deal. You know? And I'm like, okay, fine. Maybe a month, maybe a month. It's going to last for a month, but this is not a big deal. You know? And then month after month after month, obviously has gone by. But in the beginning, one thing that Danielle, you were doing as well is you would send me recordings of people, um, you know, around mostly, you know, within our church who were using the scriptures to clarify what was going on. The missionaries get sent home. The temples are shut down. There's, this is actually all written in our scriptures, right? And so I had never really seen any of these like YouTube channels or different links of people who are just really amazing, really good. They're very talented at studying the scriptures. They have a very keen understanding and awareness of all the different scriptures and like how they relate to each other and how they relate to us. So Kyle and I had this moment where we, we sat down and we watched something that I believe you sent us and our minds were blown. Like my heart was ripped wide open and it was just this like major reality check. You know what I mean? Like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) this is real like undeniable, all the things. I mean, you know, we have a testimony of these things, but like on like a spiritual level, but to have it like connect into like our reality, like our living daily reality was just, it was really crazy. It was kind of like, we were just kind of looking at each other. My husband and I were just kind of looking at each other like (gasps) in shock, like, oh my gosh, this is happening. This is all happening. Wow. And the first thing that we did after that is we both went and found our patriarchal blessings and we read them to ourselves and then we read them to each other. And we looked at those blessings as a reminder and as a guide for exactly who we are as it relates to these scriptures. And, and I just wanted to share that story with you because it's, it's the first thing that we did you know, and, and I want, I wish we, I wish this was like a big group discussion because I would love to hear from everybody listening. What is the first thing you did when you realized just how big of a deal this is? You know what I mean? Where it finally, maybe, maybe for you, it sunk in immediately. You're like, oh, this is huge. My whole world is about to change. Or maybe you were a little bit more like me where I was like, yeah, ho-hum. Yeah. A couple of weeks, no big deal. You know, but once I finally realized it, it was like, okay. What am I going to do next? That's a great question. And, you know, maybe in the comments, I think on uh, Podbean, you can do comments. We would love to hear. And what a neat experience, though. I just want to point out the, uh, the behaviors and the patterns that you guys did when you realized, whoa, like this is a big deal, what's going on in the sense of the, of history and the gospel, you guys immediately turned to the Lord and turned to patriarchal blessings. Your faith was intact. So I'm, I just think that what a great uh, 
pattern that, and I'm sure many of you guys did this as well, that you have that pattern ingrained. I love this last conference where, you know, they talked about, I guess the church received a little bit of, you know, naysaying, I would say, for not talking about food storage in the last year or so. And I love, I know, Elder Bednar's talk. He said, this has been ingrained in our culture. We have been talking about food storage and preparedness and debt-free for, you know, years and years of the church since like basically inception, but really heavily all through the um, 70s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, very heavily, and including in the early 2000s, say. Um, And so I just, I think those ingrained patterns are so crucial because it's like you think about what are your, um, you know, we have these neural networks of habits, right? And what are those, what are those habits and what better time to assess our habits? You know, I, my first reaction, so I've been teaching, I don't know if you guys know this and I'll be starting them up again soon, um, but constitution classes for a while. And a member of the pow- uh, a stake down here in San Diego had compiled a whole bunch of information from the words of the founders and just kind of like a clean source of the constitution. It's, you know, nonpartisan, it's non-denominational, it's just, just the constitution and, and how, you know, different things throughout the years violated the constitution, how we kind of got away from it and um, to kind of have us have not be so blindsided by um, laws and things that come into play. And so anyway, it's a really great, great course inside that course and inside of our, you know, scriptures, I'm just, you know, kind of sharing my first reaction um, with this, but we, we hear all about these, you know, secret combinations and these elite combinations and inside the, you know, the constitutional course, it it exposes a lot of their work. And so when I, and the whole world shut down immediately, I knew that that was this group. And, um, and I was like, my head, my heart went heavy, or at least that they have a hand in exerting their power in this. And for me that I had always talked about it and read about it in the book of Mormon and the reality of it in my face was like, I I have to admit my first thought was I was afraid because I didn't even, I I just kind of thought it was something you just kind of read about versus really saw in your face. And we're going to have to deal with the effects just like, but we see over and over throughout the scriptures about the, you know, what, what secret combinations do that want power through certain groups that want power. And I immediately went to prayer and said, all right, teach me what we're up against um, and how I can just serve in these days. Like, what can I do to use my talents? Please use my talents in a way that will benefit, you know, everyone around me, no matter, you know, what it is that comes or how am ever many mis- restrictions. Just, I just wanted to stay, like you said, in the beginning, go back to your eyes single to God, because what better way to live or die <laughs> If your heart is centered upon that and kind of going back to the very beginning, what, you know, what we talked about is how much more important it is to hear him, to have Christ as your shepherd and not the news and not all the, the man, you know, all of these other things. What does Christ want us to do now with this situation we find ourselves in? And, and can I just say then after you prayed, then you sold your house 
you packed up your whole life. You moved into this little apartment that is, has been challenging, right? You, you're building out a camper van and you're moving. Can I just keep going? Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> okay. fine. yeah my yeah. whole, you're right. My whole life did change. Cause I was still thinking at that point of staying in my condo for a little while longer, my beach condo, and then maybe buying a beach house. And yeah, he and, answered you oh, and yeah. you're like, okay. He's like, yeah, get up and, and move and, you know, start moving and shaking. So I did, and I'm building a little cabin on my mom's property in, in Colorado in the Rocky mountains. So I'll have a little getaway cabin, but for me, the shift, my family's always been important to me. And I think I've you know, shared on here, um, the majority of my family are not active members or of, of any Christian church at all, or, you know, any faith, but I felt more than ever, like I have got to make it a way to be by and serve my family members, serve my mother, serve my, my brother and my, um, my brothers and sisters. And, and so that became like, all right, I'm going to sacrifice, you know, all of my comforts and my, you know, my hometown, all this stuff to go um, be mobile (laughs) where I can be by my family. So that was a big piece of it. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. (laughs) I just felt like that was like you, you knelt and prayed and then all of this came to you. And I just feel like that's really interesting. And that's not to say that everybody needs to move, you know, but you received an answer and it has really taken up your entire year of focus and preparation and being an example of listening to the Lord. Um, what you said something that really, uh, oh, oh, I love this example. Okay. So I was reading about sheep the other day and the, the actual way that a shepherd and a sheep, like herd of sheep, the way their relationship works. I don't know if you guys know this already, but Basically, the sheep know the voice of their master and he makes certain sounds to them and they are not fooled by anybody else. So if their master, you know, always wore like I'm talking about like a certain a certain um, group of sheep, right? Herd of sheep. If their master always wore like a black or a brown cloak, you know, and had a certain staff. If I took that cloak and that staff and I tried to speak or say or cluck or whistle or whatever it is, tried to mimic their master, they would not even pay attention to me at all. Like there would be not really any reaction. I mean, they might try to move away from me and they might be scared of me or something, but there would be no mimicking the master's voice. Uh, intonations, movements, sounds, those types of things, right? So Danielle, as you talked about what it really is to hear him, I was thinking about how there are many different voices in the world right now. And, and some of them I do pay attention to sometimes, call it curiosity, call it like, oh, I wonder what they're all thinking. But it's more, it's more or less like an entertainment value but not really because I want to follow it or, or would be swayed by those, you know, opinions, even though I may agree with them to a certain extent, right? We all kind of have like our certain groups of people that feel certain way about masks and feel certain ways about shutdowns, and feel certain ways about all the things, you know, but the reality is when the master speaks to us, 
we know it. We hear him. We know it is undeniable. And that's when we take action. That's when we do things, right? So for you, you ask the master, what do I do? He's like, get up, sell your house, do this, do this. You're like, I'm doing it. <clears throat> and I have been with you during this whole thing. And I would say there have been a lot of times where, and this goes for everybody, but you have been very confused about what to do. You've been very, it's been upsetting. It's been confusing. There've been lots of different voices and things that have come into play. Some of them well-meaning, some of them not so well-meaning, right? Voices. But when the master speaks to you, it's instant. It's solid. And the confusion time is us kind of navigating it. You know, I like how, um, you talked about the sheep and, and I, I really do think it's important that we remember who our shepherd is and whose voice we are seeking. Because like you said, there are a lot of things out there to listen to. And I, I will, uh, I like to be informed on things. And, and I also am kind of, it's exciting for me that we are living historical times in this world and how it compares to the scripture and how it compares to the constitution. Cause those are two, you know, two things I love. But I also can notice when it gets like you just said, like the confusion and the and, and the fear and, and our anger and those types of stuff start taking over. Those are things that limit and block me being able to hear the master. But I think I don't I think it's OK to be informed as I'm like kind of like you said, Kirsten, you like to listen to things, whether it's curiosity or not. But can you not take that stuff back and filter it and ask the Lord what he wants you to know from that? Because what powerful messages, and let me just give you an example. Our, we had state conference today on online, of course, and my state president was um, speaking and he's a, he's a great guy. There was a few things that, you know, he said that I just kind of was triggered by and I, and I have been for a long time. Um, and I'll just tell you what it is. He just, he talks a lot of like, well, you should be doing this and should this, I don't really like that type of speech. It just kind of shuts me down, but I, I, I take responsibility that I shut myself down. So it's not like he's making it, but I, I went to the Lord and I was like, okay, all right. You know, I just kind of got bugged. And I said, why, you know, kind of asked like, what, what is this for me? Like, what am I supposed to learn from this? And I got pretty strong impression right back. And that's what I'm saying is how many messages are there from all over from, from different avenues that are actually a message of learning for you. So he's speaking. I go to the Lord about my triggers with it. And not the whole thing, just a certain part, you guys, not the whole talk by him. And the Lord just kind of helps me get this impression, this understanding that says, yeah, I have imperfect people leading my church for a reason. How else am I to learn love and kindness and understanding and patience and, and humility and to go to him for all things? And I just, I thought, wow, that what a unique experience to realize that he means for us to imperfectly teach each other, imperfect people teaching imperfect people. And it's a perfect system. That's a really good point. <laughs> it's a perfect system. I've never thought of it that way. I don't even, I love it. I love it. It's definitely something for all of us to think about, right? Yeah. And if I can share another, like really was an amazing experience and I'll just do a short version of it, but our um, other state presidency um, first counselor, I think he is, um, he, he's an incredible man. He's a convert to the church uh, about 30 years ago and was playing basketball 
and he's a black man and he was brand new to the church and the basketball game got heated. And he said, it really was a hard situation. That was a turning point for him. So let me just show you how the Lord uses imperfect people. He, this, um, when the basketball game got heated in a church court, another member called him some names. He thought he would never hear by a member of the church. You can only imagine probably what it was back in that time. So that would have been in like the early eighties, I'm assuming. So he says that he went home and his heart, like he had this, he was disillusioned with all of this stuff, but he went to the Lord and learned. And I've actually heard, he's actually spoken this story several times because it was so profound and pivotal to his turning to the Lord and solidifying his testimony in the gospel and not on like this ideation or people being on a pedestal in the church. And he, this is like probably the third time he has shared this story. And I just thought the same thing today. I was like, wow, even this, that the Lord allows imperfect people to mess up and offend a brand new convert, like, oh, your heart just goes out to them. But the Lord's like, hey, just like in Nephi chapter, um, second Nephi chapter two, verse two, it says, it says to, you know, Nevertheless, I will consecrate thine afflictions for thy gain. Whatever the affliction is, some member of the church that offends you, you can take it to him and he's going to make it for a benefit. Whatever abuse you suffered, whatever 2020 has brought on, you take it to him and he can make it for a benefit in like ways that you probably would never experience. And now this guy is a powerhouse. I just love when he talks and always like, what else is he going to tell us? <laughs> I love that. Thank you. Every single thing that has happened to you in 2020 can be for your benefit. That's amazing. That's a really powerful statement. You know, I guess in closing, what I want to share is just last on Friday, a few days ago for us, we got to hear our prophets speak and give us a special message, an 11 minute message. <laughs> It was so profound. It was amazing. And he talked about gratitude, everyone. It was gratitude. And I, I thought, I've thought so much about what he said. I, I loved his prayer. Oh my gosh. We knelt as a family when he prayed and just felt everything he was talking about. And like, I want to go back and listen just to that prayer and his stories. But the thing is this, he was reminding us to have gratitude because, because, you know, because we're going to feel better because it's going to make the world a better place, all those things. But I firmly believe that if you don't first have gratitude, you can't receive the goodness that's coming. Like it's, it's like you block yourself from being able to receive the beauty in the pain, right? So turn, so taking everything that's happened in 2020, and it's not to say that it hasn't happened, first of all, not trying to be in denial, not trying to say that it hasn't been hard. In fact, maybe even for some of us, completely heart-wrenching, like the hardest, worst nightmare. But the key to turning it around is gratitude. And we have to, doesn't mean that it's like, oh, I'm so grateful that my life sucks or something, <laughs> but it's finding <clears throat> those little pieces of things. And sometimes I think it's like uh, just the smallest thing, you know, I'm grateful for the way 
those leaves are blowing in the wind right now. It's really kind of peaceful, like something like that. You know what I mean? It's just, it's turning our hearts. And so I would say like the feeling that I would love for each of you to get today is this image of focusing and keeping your eye on the savior, on the single to the glory of God, right there, like laser focus, like a target, like he is your target in the center of your world. And also using gratitude to turn your heart to him. So, you know, we, we always turn away, we turn to the left, we turn to the right, we turn all the way around. Some of us are spinning in circles right now, you know, but we use gratitude to center our lives back to, to just make those adjustments. Like, you know, just a little bit here, a little bit there. We use gratitude to turn to him and to focus on what we can, what we can focus on to bring more joy and to allow him to work miracles in our lives. Yeah. I love that. That's beautiful. It's a beautiful way to end um, the thoughts that we had today. And I, you know, was thinking the scripture that kept coming to my mind is, and their hearts will wax, you know, cold. Um, so, so I might be messing up the actual terms to it, but gratitude is the prescription against that happening against, you know, the hatred and fear will make your heart turn, you know, wax cold. Is that, is that the right term? I'm not sure if I'm saying it right, but, um, it is, the prescription against that and how many people need that. And I actually posted, you know, I said, I, I had posted that I was invited by a, a faith leader and I had some people in my circle comment and say, Oh my gosh, great idea. I'm going to do this too. And I was like, that is so awesome. Like how much power is there? So gratitude is really the gateway to receiving God's love and receiving God's love is the gateway, you know, obviously to hearing him and as well as, um, being able to endure tribulations, being able to endure hardships, fear and hatred just will shut your heart down. And so I love that, you know, and how profound it was for the prophet to remind us of the power of gratitude. And I'm so grateful. So in fact, this morning when I woke up, I was, I woke up to the sound of, we have a lot of big, you know, marine layer going on, which means, uh, what do we call that fog? And there were fog horns on the ship's in the harbor and I could hear it and it, you know, kind of woke me up. And I just remember going, wow, that was, I just woke up. First thought was gratitude. I am so grateful. I can wake up to those fog horns. And I felt so much joy just from thinking that you can obviously imagine there's other ways to think of that, but how, how that's just the perfect prescription you want. I love, joy? I love that. Feel gratitude. I want to say something really quickly. You know, my friend posted today, that the CDC, right? Like Center for Disease Control actually posted on their Instagram or whatever it is. I don't follow them, but you know, she shared it and it was all about gratitude. And I just thought that was so cool. I'm like, wow, the prophet's sharing about gratitude. The CDC is sharing about gratitude. And I thought that was really cool. I appreciated that. I don't always necessarily agree with everything, but I definitely agree with the gratitude and I can be grateful yes. for people who are well-intentioned. And I want to bring up something that happened also the same day or the next day or the day, the same week anyway, that the prophet had come out and spoken to us. I want to just put another note in how, how important this gratitude and keeping heart of gratitude, because guess who knows that this is a prescription for love in your heart, Satan. So do you know what um, happened in our San Diego city schools is this week, 
in, in their classes, instead of asking people what they're grateful for, they went around in their Zoom calls and asked kids what they are amazed by. And I just thought, how interesting that they, this specific classroom that I know of, they went, they don't, chose not to use the word grateful. And they're choosing instead intentionally to use the word amazed by. And whether it be, you know, well, maybe kids don't know what grateful is, or we just want to say amazed, that's fine. But you have to realize who's behind taking away that power of gratitude. I heard that the next, the day after the prophet had you know, given us the prescription of gratitude. And I thought, oh, there's a big reason. This is a power and Satan knows it. And how beautiful, how easy it is we can provoke it in our mind, this power in our thoughts. No one, no one can strip that. No matter which freedoms are taken from us, no one can strip that freedom to choose in your mind gratitude. Well, sisters, thanks so much for being on with us. We're excited to be back and recording for the Sisters in Zion podcast and be here together as ah, daughters of God, covenant daughters of God during these times. It's very exciting. We will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.